the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Bernard. Glenn, you were talking when you were getting ready for the show, and, and you said you had just gotten back from a, uh, a tax conference, and you had said there were some pretty major unresolved issues with 199A still. Yeah, and um, you know why it's important is today, June 15th, is when second quarter uh, tax estimates are due. You know, so if you're not a W-2 employee, you've got you know, some sort of business income on a K-1, et cetera, you've got to make these estimated payments. And unfortunately, we don't really know exactly what the rules are for 2018 here. And in particular, this section 199A. So, you know, Casey, we talked about 199A, you know, in the context of selling grain to a cooperative, you know, the grain glitch, and then that, that all got fixed. Um, but there's just kind of what we call the normal 199A. And that's that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Just a brief little recap of, you know, normal 199A. So really for, for a farm client, you know, hey, let's just assume I don't sell anything to a co-op. You know, I sell to a private grain elevator. What are the rules? Because these are also the issues that, you know, manufacturers are having questions about, construction contractors, farm equipment dealerships. There, there's a lot of questions about 199A still. So we thought we'd cover it. So Real quickly, you know, if if on the right type of business I make a hundred thousand dollars, right, I get this twenty percent deduction if I qualify. So I only pay tax on eighty thousand dollars, just in a real simple form. So right, that's a nice benefit, right? I'm only paying tax on eighty, and so the question is, am I going to get this deduction? Um, now there's rules around this. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. But if my income, taxable income, is under three hundred fifteen thousand dollars, married filing jointly, things are a lot simpler. I don't have to worry about wage limits, um, property invested, equipment invested in the business, that type of thing. So if I'm under three fifteen, things are pretty simple. If I'm over four hundred fifteen thousand, then I have to worry about some of these rules, and so and so we'll get into that. But um, big picture. The quite, one of the biggest questions for, for our farm clients, landowners, is if I own farmland and I rented it out, right? So I just rent this farmland out. Is that income, is that rent income going to be eligible for this 20% deduction? Okay. And so the question is, is it considered a trader business, Casey? And so you might, you know, and they use this term trader business, you know, that's in the internal revenue code in this part of the internal revenue code, 199A. But would you believe, Casey, they don't, they've never asked you to find what a trader business is. So we don't really know what types of business qualify and what types of business don't. They've never so, defined what it's a not trader actually, business is? No. So like, you know, court cases or, you know, certain but really it's never officially been defined. So, and one of the big questions is, is a, is rent, you know, rental income, particularly if I'm not very involved in the business, right? So cash, cash rent on farmland, there's a pretty serious question about whether this type of income will be eligible for this deduction or not. So that's one of the big unknowns is, Hey, what's considered trader business. So there's a lot of questions about, you know, this, whether, uh, you know, a restaurant or, you know, is that a service business? But in simple terms for a farmer, hey, is land rental income going to be eligible or not? 
We don't know. Um, but obviously, many farmers may have set up their own business, separate LLC, right, to own the land. So, you know, they, they have the operating farm and they're paying rent to themselves, right? And so it's kind of important whether, you know, if I'm making $100,000 over on this in this LLC, do I get to get that deduction or not? So we don't really know. We are expecting the IRS or Department of Treasury to, to come out with some sort of guidance here in the next probably two or three weeks. So um, it could be very interesting after July 4th, say, that we'll, we'll know a lot more. Because right now we've been telling people just to kind of hold tight, you know, not, not to do anything too crazy as far as setting up any new entities. But that's a big unknown. We don't know if rental income counts. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, question two, um, remember I said if you're over $415,000 of taxable income, you have to start having like wages in order to get this deduction. So if I don't have any wages, I may not get the full 20%. Well, so here's a scenario, right? Maybe I have three businesses. I have a trucking business. I have my regular farm business. Maybe I have like a custom hire business off to the side, right? And so do I need to have wages in each, each entity, right? Do I have to have wages in each entity in order to get the deduction? Or can I just pay wages, which is what maybe a lot of people would do, just pay wages out of one entity and then hope that I can just group all these entities together, right? And look at it as one kind of business in total. We don't know the answer to that either. So, you know, it's so, you know, people, well, should I break up my, you know, management company and put the wages into these other businesses? We don't know. Hopefully we'll get guidance again in the next few weeks on that. But that's pretty common, you know, in farming. Again, oftentimes you've got several types of businesses. Can I group them all together and look at them as, as one or do I have to look at them individually? Right now, a strict reading of the code, it says each trader business. So there's concern that you you can't lump them together. So that's that's question two. All right. So it's uncertainty, Casey. Um, question three is this is for like your sole proprietors, which you know have a lot of farmers that are. Um, this gets a little technical, but certain deductions are actually not deducted on Schedule F. Schedule F is where you put your grain sales. It's where you put all your expenses, right? Or a Schedule C, the same thing. But you, you have certain deductions, like you get a one-half deduction for the self-employment tax you pay on page one. You might get a self, your health insurance might be a deduction on page one of your 1040. So it's not on Schedule F, it's on page one. Um, there's a deduction for, you know, retirement plan contributions. So all these deductions that are on page one and they aren't on Schedule F, do I have, do I have to group all that together and consider that my net income? Or do I compute my 20% before those page one deductions. Again, you might think this would be clear, Casey, but it's not. So we're not sure how those page one deductions happen. Hopefully that one should be clear. I mean, that one should be you know easier. It either is or it isn't, but we don't really know. Um, so is that, uh, what do you think about those so far, Casey? So far, it sounds like to me, I should wait till I know and then pay my taxes. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, again, that's a good point. I mean, we have this context of what am I supposed to do? You know, should I pay estimates or not? Um, here's another one, which is more about if I'm going to be selling my business. Um, so you have these wage limitations. So let's say, what if I sell my business in January? And so I only have one month of wages, right? So my wages aren't very big, right, by definition. And if I'm limited to 50% of wages, you know, a strict reading of the code might say, well, then I, I shouldn't sell in January. I should I should wait till December to sell because then I'd have more wages. So 
the Department of Treasury is supposed to provide guidance on what happens. How do you interpret these rules when you sell out, sell all your assets or, or the majority of your assets? So otherwise, you know, it, it would matter the timing. Again, if I sell in January, maybe I don't have only have one month of wages and I have a big gain versus if I sell in December, I'm still going to have a big gain, but I'd have 12 month of wages. So that's a, a question that we're we're looking at as well. So bottom line, really, hopefully we'll know something the next month for sure. You know, be in touch with your tax advisor because now we might be able to actually start recommending certain strategies. Until until we get this guidance, we're pretty reluctant just because, um, you know, we'll probably get burned either way if we're not careful. So we got to wait for the guidance and then enact. So right now you're telling everyone just kind of be in a holding pattern till. Yeah, be in a holding pattern, but be ready to really, you know, we're, we're thinking about strategies right now. You know, we said okay, option A comes down, then we're going to, you know, reach out to these people. But definitely, you know, just make sure you're in touch with your tax advisor. They, they could have a very busy July and August, uh, which is not typical, right? Usually it's a slower time of year, but there could be a lot of action to, to recommend certain strategies. Obviously, attorneys as well, you know, maybe setting up new entities, whatever it might be. And again, the biggest one for farmers is that farmland rental income. Is that going to be eligible for the deduction? And we don't really know. We're probably thinking that crop share income would count. You know, if I had to handicap it, crop share income should count because it's different than just pure cash rent. If it's pure cash rent, you're probably you probably have an issue. But we'll, hopefully, we'll get guidance. Man, a lot of great information as usual, Glenn. So if guys want to get more information about this and and kind of learn some strategies that you're talking about. Um, I know you're kind of in a holding pattern until you, until you know more about what's what's going down, but if you guys want to figure out how to do that, how would they get a hold of you and, and get that information? Well, you know, you always look me up on Twitter at, at Glenn Birnbaum, but probably the best thing, just, you know, call our office here, Highland Bandwurst. It's uh, 309-694-4251 or our website, uh, www.hbcpas.com. All right, Glenn, as usual, great information, man, and uh, thanks for being on. All right. Thank you, Casey. All right. We'll catch you next week.